Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. It's good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. I am your host, Joe McLean. It is Friday, April the 1st, 2022. And uh, breaking news, uh, President Joe Biden goes to confession, repents of his support for abortion, same-sex unions. Okay, April Fool's. That's not true. (laughs) It didn't actually happen. I'm sorry about that. But in fact, Biden does endorse sex changes for children, unfortunately. That is a fact, and it's in the news this morning. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. <laughs> Good morning, Joe. Do you know what else is in the news in the upside-down world? Of course, you're the news guy. You probably know this. <laughs> I'm not fooling you at all. But uh, you. What, what is it, Joe? The U.S. Postal Service's secret intelligence program apparently acted illegally. Huh. Like, who knew we even had a secret intelligence fact-gathering on American program going under the U.S. Postal Service until, I think it was last year, year before, when that all broke. Well, it, Is that why yeah. their budget mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. needed mm-hmm. to be redone? Because they Billions. kept wasting all the I money mean, and I never improved? Yeah, I can't get the package in a timely manner, but <laughs> they can collect data on us. So there's that. Pro-lifers are, are facing 11 years in prison for blocking an abortion mill, a late-term abortion mill. And apparently, according to one testimony, uh, Pope Francis did approve the Vatican payout for the London property, which was a big scandal as well. So lots in the news there. But you know what they say. You know what they say. My mic just went down. You know what they say. Do you know what they say? What do they say? We're going to find out, actually. Oh, Today's we're going to have they on. We have invited, for the first time in history, as far as I'm aware of, they... Uh, their preferred pronouns are they, them. They are going to be on the program at 15 past the hour. Huh. And they are going to have to give an account for what they say. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet. Mm-hmm. You mean like the shadowy they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then. Because, you know, every conspiracy theory you've ever thought of, they. They did it. They are behind it. Huh. They have had something to say about it. So we're going to ask them. Kind of like. What they say at 15 past the hour. They, they got into the Soros money. Did they? Uh, We're going to have to ask they if they did that. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, today is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Michelle. And if I'm not mistaken, Tim Mott, our station manager in the Houston market, it's his wife's birthday as well. So happy birthday. So praise be to God. Speaking of uh, birthdays, Adrian Fonseca, good morning to you. You're on the ones and twos again, as usual. Is it my birthday? Uh, April Fool's Day. Oh, it's not really. Oh, not really. <laughs> well, I have uh, good news, good news, and good news. Praise be to God. Yeah, so what do you want to hear first? The, the bad good news, news? The good news or the good news? Always the bad first. Well, there mm-hmm. is no bad news. Oh, that's awesome. So the good news is uh-huh. that uh-huh. Uh, today's uh, saying of the day is an amazing Cristero. I'm super excited. Praise be to God. And uh, the second good news yeah. is that it is first Friday, so we can go to church, we can go sit in adoration, we can pray the rosary, Amen. and uh, make reparation for sins against the sacred heart of Jesus. And then the third good news yeah. is that tomorrow is first Saturday, so you can do the whole <laughs> thing over again on what? the next day. Wow. So I'm excited. Praise I'm going to be at church God. all weekend. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, we are too. God is good. Praise be to God. Speaking of uh, good things, coming up at 35 past the hour, we are going to talk about the reign of Mary, linked back to Our Lady of Fatima and the consecration and all of that. What would the reign of Mary look like? We're going to be talking to one of our uh, friends at the uh, TFP, Tradition Family Property, Mr. Michael Whitcraft, is going to be our guest. So stick around for that. 
And as I said, they are coming up at 35 past the hour. So it's going to be a great show. And if I should forget, today is also the day we give out prizes for our game show in the second hour for everybody who can join us. You can always stream live on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But let me just thank some folks today for taking today too fast to uh, do uh, acts of reparation, to do penance, to, to pray. Uh, for our Lenten campaign. Dave Palmer, our friend and colleague from the North Texas area of the Guadalupe Radio Network, is taken today. Mary Hobleib from the Houston area is taken today. And Erica Giselle and the kids are taking Saturday. So thank you for choosing today and Saturday to pray fast and to do penance. If you want more information, dear listener, about why we're doing what we're doing, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can find the link to the 2022 Lenten campaign. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Let's begin by praying the Golden Arrow Prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, April 1st. What kind of tomfoolery are we going to get into today? And these are your headlines. The Hill reports, Senate finalizing $10 billion deal on coronavirus aid. Seems like it never ends. Senators are finalizing an agreement to provide $10 billion in new coronavirus aid as they race to try and pass a bill before the two-week break set to start in a few days. That $10 billion is expected to be split to include $5 billion for therapeutics, including vaccinations and global aid. And One American News reports Putin says Russia will enforce ruble payments starting today. Russian President Vladimir Putin said on Thursday that he had signed a decree saying foreign buyers must pay in rubles for Russian gas from April 1st, and contracts would be halted if those payments were not made. Countries that purchase Russian natural gas will have to open ruble accounts or face default. AP reports Arizona will require voters to provide citizenship and residency. Election integrity means counting every lawful vote and prohibiting any attempt to illegally cast a vote, Governor Ducey said in a letter explaining his decision to sign the bill. He called the bill a balanced approach that honors Arizona's history of making voting accessible without sacrificing security in our elections. And the uh, IMF warns that Russia sanctions threaten to chip away at dollar dominance. This is coming from Reuters. Financial sanctions imposed on Russia threaten to gradually dilute the dominance of the U.S. dollar and could result in a more fragmented international monetary system. The war will also spur the adoption of digital finance from cryptocurrencies to stablecoins and central bank digital currencies. The greater use of other currencies in global trade would lead to further diversification of the reserve assets held by national central banks. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Karl Marx. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. April Fool's. <laughs> uh, the saint of the day is Blessed Angeleto Gonzalez Flores, born in 1888, the second of 12 children born to the poor family of Valentin Gonzalez Sanchez and Maria Flores Navarro. Angeleto Gonzalez Flores was baptized the day after his birth. Good job, parents. A priest who was a friend of the family recognized Gonzalez's intelligence and recommended him for the minor seminary. There, Gonzalez excelled and earned the nickname Maestro, 
After deciding that he did not have the calling to holy orders, Gonzalez began to study a law at Escuela Libra de Derecho in Guadalajara and became an attorney in 1922. He married Maria Concepcion Guerrero and had two children. Gonzalez became an activist, led the Catholic Association of Mexican Youth, and founded the magazine La Palabra, which attacked the anti-clerical and anti-Catholic articles of the Constitution of 1917. He was the founder and president of the Popular Union, which organized Catholics to resist the persecution of the church. In 1926, he learned of the murder of four members of the Catholic Association of Mexican Youth, joined the National League in the, for the Defense of Religious Freedom, and supported the coming rebellion. He wrote, quote, The country is a jail for the Catholic Church. We are not worried about defending our material interest, because these come and go. But our spiritual interest, these we will defend because they are necessary to obtain our salvation. In January 1927, after they had endured religious persecution and state atheism, Mexican Catholics took up arms and set off the Cristero War. Gonzalez did not take up arms, but gave speeches that encouraged Catholics to support the Cristeros with money, food, and accommodation and clothing. He wrote pamphlets and gave speeches that supported his op opposition to the anti-clerical government. Seeking to crush the rebellion, the government sought to capture the leaders of the Popular Union and the National League for the Defense of Religious Freedom. Gonzalez was captured and framed with the charges that he murdered an American, Edgar Wilkins. But the government knew that Wilkins had been killed by a robber, Guadalupe Zuno. Gonzalez was tortured, including being hung by his thumbs, pulling them out of their socket having his shoulder fractured with a rifle butt, and having the bottoms of his feet slashed. On April 1st, 1927, he was executed by a firing squad. Echoing the words of the assassinated Ecuadorian president, Gabriel Garcia Moreno, who defied the forces seeking to suppress his faith, Gonzalez's last words were, Hear Americas! For the second time, I die, but God does not die. Viva Cristo Rey! Wilkins's widow, who knew that Gonzalez had been framed, wrote a letter of protest to Washington, D.C., which exonerated him, and a letter staying his execution arrived shortly after he had been shot. Blessed Ancheleto Gonzalez Flores, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, verse 10, and verses 25 through 30. Jesus moved about within Galilee. He did not wish to travel to Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. But the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he himself also went up, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Some of the inhabitants of Jerusalem said, Is he not the one they are trying to kill? And look, he is speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. Could the authorities have realized that he is the Christ? But we know where he is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. So Jesus cried out in the temple, and uh, so Jesus cried out in the temple area as he was teaching and said, You know me, and also where I am from. Yet I did not come on my own, but the one who sent me 
whom you do not know, is true. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand upon him, because his hour had not yet come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, He displayed the attribute both of divinity and humanity. He fled from his persecutors as man. He remained and appeared amongst them as God, being really both. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. It was the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the part that gets skipped here in this passage versus just reading it in the Gospel of John directly is that his apostles go up and he stays back and then he goes after. And that's very fascinating. But the Feast of Tabernacles, this is a commentary out of the Ignatius Catholic Commentary this morning, says, also called the Feast of Booths. It is a seven-day fall festival held annually in Jerusalem. The Feast of Tabernacles commemorates both the completion of the autumn harvest and Yahweh's provision for Israel during their exodus journey through the wilderness. Throughout the week, Jewish pilgrims dwelled in small little huts made of tree branches called booths. Now, what's interesting about this particular festival was there was two liturgical ceremonies that happened during this uh, uh, multi-day event that Jesus uses as a backdrop, a springboard, if you will, to teach us in the gospel. So if you read the whole passage in the gospel itself, you're going to find deeper and more interesting information. But here's those backdrops. Backdrop number one, each morning, Levitical priests drew water from the pool of Shalom in the southern quarter of Jerusalem, carried it in procession to the temple, and poured it out as a libation to the altar of sacrifice. So when Jesus, here in this scene, is teaching about water... Well, this is the backdrop. It's very fascinating. Number two, giant candelabras burned in the sanctuary, the court of the women, that illuminated the temple courts. At the same time, dancers with flaming torches processed through the temple amid singing and music. And this is linked about when he teaches about light. So water and light. Baptism. You know, think about this stuff. It's fascinating. So when you read the Holy Scriptures, realize that to the first century Jew— there was way more information here to them that they are comprehending and understanding, listening to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which should encourage you and I to dive deep into sacred scripture, to learn our faith, and to understand it in a more uh, interesting way than you ever have before. And verboom.com forward slash GRN has given us the tools to do that, and we are very grateful to them. Thank you. Verboom with a V. V-E-R-B-U-M. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Guess what? What they say is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints, it doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. 
thecatholic.com. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Mr. Michael Whitcraft from Tradition, Family, and Property is going to be on. We're going to talk about the reign of Mary. What is that? What is the reign of Mary? Where does it come from? What does it look like? What can we expect? How would we notice it? All of those questions coming up with Michael Whitcraft from Tradition, Family, and Property coming up at 35 past the hour, so stick around for that if you can. But as I say always, there are stories that are of great concern to me, and you know, we have done something monumental today. For the first time, as far as I know, in the history of the world, they are going to be on our program, and they are going to have to give an account for what they say, because you know, they have a lot to say. Uh, And I don't want to assume what they will say, because you know what they say about assuming things? Mm. How it makes something of you and me. Something out of you and me. Yeah. That's right. We don't want to assume what they would say. Let's just ask they directly. So joining us right now. By a Zoom chat is the infamous, uh, the one and only they, or do you prefer they, them? What is, uh, good morning to you, they. I, uh, hello, Joe. I, I prefer they. You, you, you. I prefer they. You prefer they. Sometimes I like them, but they mostly. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, but if you, want, if you want to use them, that's fine. Th- them are good. The, but they are, are them, Or is it they? <laughs> oh, 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 oh no, you're going to go there. You're oh. going to go there on this April 1st, huh? Yeah, they are better. They, they are but better. Okay, I got it. Hey, good. You that know, was good, too. You know what they say, they are better. Hmm. So that, I'm going to add that to the list now <laughs> of what they're saying. Uh, you know what else they say? Uh, you are what you eat. Why do you say that? Well, because you turn into it. Have you ever seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Yes. That's exact. Remember when she falls into a, uh, you know, uh, the pit and, and she, she turns into a, she eats a blueberry. Uh-huh. And she I, turns yeah. into a blueberry. I remember that. That's what happens. Okay. But I, do I look like a death by chocolate pudding? I mean, I mean, look at me. I, I mean, I eat my favorite vegetable every day and You're, I have yet to turn into, uh, you know, multi-layered chocolate pudding cake. Joe, your wife won't tell you this, but yes. <laughs> yes, you are. You do. Ouch. Len and Toya are, have been nice to you. They haven't told you this, but they felt sorry for you. They hired you because you look like a chocolate cake. <laughs> I see. I, okay, I'm writing that down. Praise be to God. Now I know. I mean, truth is uh, charity, right? Truth is charity. Hey, I want to get into uh, some of the, the more crazier things that they have been saying uh, over the years. I've got like a top 10 list here of of the things they have said. Uh, so let's start with uh, number number 10 on the list, if it's okay with you, they. Uh, there was, was there more than one gunman on the knoll there in Dallas that uh, assassinated JFK or is Lee Harvey Oswald uh, the only shooter? What would they say to no. that? The, there was there was definitely more than one. Uh, you you can see if you look at this Abruzzo film, they were standing by the grassy knoll uh-huh, having uh-huh. a picnic. Okay, yeah. And then you know the tragedy happened. Yeah, yeah. So 
So there was definitely more than one. Was, I, I was there. You, well, of course you were. You're they. You're you're probably the guy behind all of of what they do and they say. Don't tell anybody, or we have to end this call. I can only say so much. But there was definitely more than one, <laughs> oh. and they were eating a chicken sandwich. And okay, a um, chicken sandwich. Hmm. Very specific. Interesting. Uh, wow. I, you know, I've heard that reptilians mm. really like chicken. They they just love it. They, yeah. It's it's something that's uh, really. It's delicious. They don't have it on their planet, uh, you know. But is it true that they don't want us to know that reptilians are really running the world, also Jesuits? Oh, well, Father Mitch Pacwa is, is the ultimate one that's running the world. Really? As a matter huh. of fact, I, I, look, can I, play, can I play a video clip? Can I play an audio clip, rather, of, of Father Mitch Pacwa? Please, discussion? yeah, yes. please. See, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anybody i'm running the world not pope francis i'm the ultimate jesuit not the franciscans they're little sissy boys running around with their brown robes and everything we gotta put it into that the jesuits run this thing Gosh. father wow that where did you get that clip i've never seen that clip is that like on on uh, the pit I, shoot I, or I, something I, I, I was hanging around him the other day, and I had a I had my tape recorder. He didn't know I was recording the whole conversation. Yeah, they is very crafty. You got to be careful around they because you're probably recording this conversation right now. Let me ask you about another one of these uh, big, you know, they moments in history. Uh, you know, they say the moon landing was fake. Is that true? What say you? They? Yes, it was fake. Uh, it was a set. Uh, matter of fact, we'll, we'll get to this later. But Stanley Kubrick uh, filmed the whole thing. It was really? just—it was a set. They, they made it look like it. Oh, this could be the moon, but it wasn't the moon, Joe. <laughs> well, what it was, was a Hollywood set. Really? And Chris Rock and Will Smith were not on that set. Praise be to God, because nothing would ever get done. They wouldn't be able to keep no. the schedule. It would bunch just be a bunch of people slapping each other around. It'd be horrible. We do not condone <laughs> violence. Well, all right. No. So you're saying they is now officially confirmed that the moon landing was totally fake and filmed in Hollywood somehow. Oh, I, I, absolutely, Kubrick, absolutely. Matter saying. of fact, if you look closely, Joe, mm -hmm. if you look mm -hmm. closely, yeah. there is a microphone, a boom mic, hanging down. Oh, so look very closely. In the okay. upper left-hand corner, okay. there's a boom mic hanging really? down. That's all you can tell. Okay. Let's go to another well, one of these. You can't uh, talk to people from space. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what they say, you know. You can't talk to people from space. Yeah, apparently. you know, if you— I mean, if what you, am I saying? You said that. That's, they are That's true. Yeah. You know what I never got? What did you get? I never understood mm -hmm. why they say that an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Yeah. That doesn't make any why sense to me. Why do you say I that, I always babe? thought, you know, like— I had an apple, and I I ended up having to go to the doctor. What's up with that? I sometimes tell you get me a bag they, of apples every day. Yeah, tell me they. Why is it that they say that when it's not necessarily true? Because because the snake in the Garden of Eden said told Adam that he told Adam that, uh -huh. that you don't oh. you don't need oh. a doctor. You know, if you eat this apple, that was one of the lies you know, really? that he told. Okay, you, know, you don't need an apple. No, keeps the doctor away. But I like apples. Uh, they're very tasty. Yummy. The red ones, though. Not the green ones. <sighs> Who eats the green ones? Good grief. Gala, baby. Specifically the red ones. Macintosh all the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. So how about, Fuji. How about they the had Fuji. a Fuji apple. It was a Fuji apple they ate. Now, I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, more vintage than any of the other two gentlemen in the studio right now. They, so <laughs> let, they, they probably would know what I'm about to ask you. Uh, but, uh, okay. They say Elvis isn't really dead. 
that Elvis is still alive. Uh, what have you done with Elvis Day, and where could I find him? Elvis is reincarnated as Coach Nick Saban. <laughs> That's why he's winning all these championships. That's tragic on a number of levels. Okay. Huh. <laughs> is that, Elvis is winning. You're saying Elvis is winning, and you're saying Matter Elvis fact, would be I've, I've, got, I've got audio recording of this conversation. Okay, so Elvis is an Alabama it? football coach, although he's not from Alabama. You're saying I would like to hear that recording. Does he miss yeah. Memphis? Right. Yeah, Mississippi. I, I'm pretty sure he was born in Mississippi, uh, but uh, he died in Tennessee. So why wouldn't he be a Mississippi coach? I'm just curious. Why? Why not? Well, you know, they knew that one day, all right, that you know, Coach Ogeron would be the head coach, and they wanted nothing to do with that clown. All right. <laughs> Because, you know, it's hard to understand him in the first place. All right. So they decided that, you know, God said I would come back uh-huh. all right, as, uh-huh. as Elvis uh-huh. all right, and, and win a bunch of championships for a great university, a great state of Alabama. All right. You, so oh, so you, and, you're claiming and the king is still alive. All right. So you're saying they are saying Alabama is a good, good school. That's that. Is that what you're claiming? That's, that's great. That's exactly what we I'm saying. we got to add that to the they statements now. Huh. That's the, they that's say the truth. That's the Alabama truth. is a good school. Let's add that hmm. to the list. Here's another one. Uh, you know, they say the earth is flat. Uh, why do they say that? I mean, I've seen pictures. It looks round to me. Why would they say it's flat? Have you ever driven through Texas? My <laughs> God, man. I mean, you, you can't drive through Texas without knowing that it's flat. I mean, there's just nothing but flat roads, a few hills, but mostly flat roads. Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, same hills. thing. We have big, huge huh. mountains. The tallest mountain in Texas is higher than Denver itself. Come on now. But you, but you never fall off. It's, you know, well, if you were to go around, you'd uh-huh. fall off eventually. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Gravity, folks. gravity would take gravity would take effect, and you would fall off. Okay. So you heard it here first. The Earth is definitively flat. That's, oh, yeah. not well, that's what they are saying. Not well, that's what I'm that's what I was gonna bring up. I was I was thinking, you know, I've heard that they say that it was flat, but I've also heard that they said that it is hollow. And how could it be both hollow and flat? Yeah. What's up with that, they? Uh well, according to uh, Albert Einstein, uh, you know, E equals MC square, and uh, uh, oh, okay. there's uh, the Pythagorean theorem. You can't yeah. actually use that to explain it. Mm-hmm. This is a it's difficult for our minds to understand. It's kind of like wrapping your head around the beatific vision. Yeah. Nobody knows until they experience the oh, beatific vision. Uh, I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what you said, but I trust what they are saying, hmm. apparently. Now, they, I, I have a crazy conspiracy. Can you tell me if I'm crazy? Or or did you're I crazy. stumble Did I stumble onto your <laughs> they plan They say you're here? crazy. They say that I'm crazy. <laughs> they, they do. Okay. So hear me out. Out in California, they put up 5G towers on the side of the road. And I think it has something to do with the nanobots that are inside our bloodstream. They put them next to the road. As you're commuting, they activate the 5G, and the nanobots, they start dancing inside of our body. Is that true? Did I stumble onto your secret? Well, the, yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> really? Um, every, every bit of it. We are recording your conversation. Oh boy! Uh, It's part of the whole mind control, which ties into the new world order, which we'll get into uh, in just a second. Now, are you using the Postal Service to do that? Because I saw a report that they have a secret intelligence arm of the U.S. Postal Service. Does they use the Postal Service? Absolutely. 
Oh, Absolutely. Okay. We've got to send is letters that why too, we're Matt. seeing video of people handing you envelopes? Because is that the Postal Service handing you envelopes? <laughs> Speaking of which, that <laughs> reminds me, I keep hearing that they are controlling the White House and that Joe Biden's not really in charge. And also the other day we saw Pope Francis get a phone call and they were saying that they called him. And we're like, who's they? Who was calling them? And so now that we have you on, what what conversation were you having with Pope Francis whenever you called him after immediately after mass? Uh, basically, the whole thing is, um, let, let me explain. Pope Francis, P. Diddy, Kanye West, all run the world. They're wow. all running this whole thing. What about Diddy still alive? I didn't know this. Wow. Yes. Pope Francis, uh-huh. P. Diddy. Yeah. And Kanye West. Oh, and Jay-Z, for good measure. <laughs> for good measure. They're, what about They're Tupac? all controlling it. Is that true? Wow. They Absolutely say some crazy true. things. But you should know because you're they. You know that. That's utterly insane. Hey, we have a listener. And they are the best. We have a listener who wants to know, I want to ask they, hey, they, are birds real? Oh, good question. No, they're robots. Oh, okay. I they're all that. remote. There's somebody in the Have you ever... What was that movie? I can't think of it. Somebody is up in the sky. Mm-hmm. Right? Ed, Ed Harris is yeah. up in the sky. Okay? And he's controlling them with a remote control. They look and feel real. Yeah. But not real. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's why they charge on the telephone poles. Hey, you know you know what they say about a oh, guy with They get with electrocuted. Exactly. That they never survive. You ever you, notice that? You know what they say about a guy with big feet? His dad was a clown. And that's going to do it with they. They, we have been grateful for your joining us today. God bless you. God love you. They, you say some crazy things. I just want you to know that. But happy April Fool's Day to you, they. Happy April Fool's. God love you. Have, joke. have a great day. Don't, don't, don't cancel me on social media. We'll see you at Mike Romano. Thanks for being there. God bless you. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague. Vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because all rights come from God. And God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Justin News reports Biden plans to release up to 1 million barrels of oil per day from Strategic Reserve. 
President Biden is set to order the relief releases as much as 1 million barrels of oil per day from the nation's strategic oil reserves in an attempt to gain some control over spiking energy prices in the U.S. This would mark the third time this administration has announced a release of millions of barrels from the strategic reserve. AP reports scientists finally finished decoding entire human genome. An international team described the first ever sequencing of a complete human genome, the set of instructions to build and sustain a human being. The previous effort celebrated across the world, the world was incomplete because DNA sequencing technologies of the day weren't able to read certain parts of it. Even after updates, it was missing about 8% of the genome. Breitbart reports heavily armed human smugglers arrested at New Mexico Border Patrol checkpoint. El Paso sector Border Patrol agents arrested a pair of heavily armed human smugglers at an interior immigration checkpoint in New Mexico as they attempted to move 18 migrants in a U-Haul container. Epic Times reports ruble rebounds after sanctions, pressure grows for stronger action against Russia. Russia's currency, the ruble, has recovered as much from the devaluation suffered in the aftermath of Western sanctions imposed due to Moscow's attack on Ukraine. The ruble's rebound would seem to indicate that U.S. sanctions haven't effectively crippled Russia's economy, which is the price Putin should have to pay for this war, Senator Pat Toomey said. Sanctions never work, do they? And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, I just want to thank our friend Mike Romano, who uh, works in Catholic Radio out in Mobile, Alabama. Great and funny guy. Uh, I've known him for several years now, and uh, we really enjoyed having a laugh on April Fool's Day. So thank you, Mike Romano, for that. Uh, joining us right now by Zoom chat is Mr. Michael Whitcraft from the Tradition Family and Property. And good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Joe. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show. This yeah. morning. Thank you very much for extending me the invitation. Praise be to God. We're grateful for your time. Uh, we wanted to talk about the reign of Mary, especially given, you know, Pope Francis's consecration last week and all the conversation that's been going on amongst Catholics and non-Catholics, by the way, about the consecration, about Fatima and the uh, the miracles, the, the prophecies and all of that. But let's start with what is the reign of Mary? The reign of Mary is a time period of history that's still yet to come that was foreseen um, by many mystics in the church, approved visionaries of the church that will reach the height of Christian civilization. It will be a time of peace granted to the world, uh, as predicted at Fatima when Our Lady announced that in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So in a nutshell, that's kind of a definition of what the reign of Mary is. It's, it's a very marvelous uh, period of history that is yet to come. You know, uh, before we get too much into the detail about it though, uh, I am fascinated by the fact that many non-Catholics are coming to understand Fatima for the first time. And I, I can imagine, because I grew up non-Catholic, how incredibly awkward and weird and, and just surreal it must uh, seem to them to encounter that uh, you're talking the mother of Jesus appears to people on earth. Have you ever encountered that yourself, and how have you handled that? You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that I have encountered that to some extent. Uh, one of the functions I had within <clears throat> Tradition, Family, and Property, I spent about two years traveling with the Statue of Fatima, going into people's homes and discussing the Fatima message. And I took the statue into many non-Catholic homes. And it's very interesting, like you say, it's an interesting dynamic. But the evidence supporting the visions is so strong, I think, Almost anyone is, if they're honest with themselves, is, is obliged to accept that something very special took place. Yeah. Uh, 
in 1917. Yeah, I was speaking children. to my uh, cousin who's a Protestant. Um, he calls himself a Reformed Protestant. And they are, he was telling me, I was asking him about Our Lady of Fatima, and he said, well, I mean, it's clear that something happened there. I just think it was demonic because, you know, why would, uh, why would the, uh, the mother of God come down and, or the mother of Jesus come down and tell everybody to pray the rosary? That's, that's horrible. How dare, how dare they? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like your, I think you're correct in your analysis that, I mean, every, nobody can deny it. I mean, something happened there. And the question is what happened, right? Absolutely. And especially if we consider the, the tremendous miracle of the sun, that's the most widely witnessed miracle in the history of the church. Would you say that, would you say that this particular miracle, I'm sorry to interrupt, would you, would you say this particular miracle has the most evidence for it? I wouldn't say necessarily the most evidence. I would say it's the most widely witnessed mm. because you consider low estimates say that 70,000 people witnessed the miracle of the sun at the spot at the COVID idea. And in addition to that, people up to 25 miles away witnessed this miracle. So it's a very conservative estimate to say 100,000 people witnessed the miracle on that day, uh, October 13th, 1917. I was thinking about the apparition in Egypt of uh, a figure hovering above the cathedral there. And I, can't, I don't know, I think it's 100,000. I don't know. I don't know the number, but it was a lot of people gathered to see that. So that's what would maybe ask the yeah. question whether or not. The, uh, well, you could be right. You could be right. I, I've never done any in-depth studies, um, but, but from a biblical stance, at least, you mm. know, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes was witnessed by 5,000 men. And that was very, very widely witnessed. Yeah. Um, you well, know, you add to that women and children, maybe 12,000. So it's, it was very, very widely witnessed. And it's at least, at least one of the most widely witnessed miracles of history. Yeah, since we're going down this rabbit hole, I just thought about, well, what about the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, or the manna come down from heaven, uh, or the split rock and the water coming out of the rock in the wilderness? I mean, some estimates I've heard as much as 600,000 people were on their journey from Egypt to Jerusalem for 40 years. So I don't know what that number really is, but I mean, it, it is fascinating to me because Fatima has such profound implications on the rest of mankind, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's an apparition in which Our Lady predicted the tragedies of the 20th century and gave the solution to them as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, the world has not wanted to heed those solutions, but she did provide us with the solutions. Yeah, for sure. We summed up in uh, prayer, penance, and amendment of life for the laity. Now, we've always, we've always heard, uh, taught, and um, said private apparitions, private revelations are not you know, we're not bound by private revelations, but would you say Fatima rises to a new level? Well, you know, I think it's interesting. We're not technically bound by private revelations, um, but I do think there's a certain level of adherence to the church. When you take an apparition, uh, for example, the sacred heart that has been approved by so many popes and has been uh, approved and, and uh, honored by so many Catholics throughout the universal church for so long, you really, you might not be technically bound, but I think there is a certain, you have to have a very strong reason to doubt them if you're going to doubt them when, they're, when they've received that much church approval. I'm not saying it's necessarily a sin, but I don't think you're just completely at liberty to say the sacred heart is, is not a valid uh, devotion, for example. I, I don't think you have complete liberty in those matters either. 
Yeah. Mr. Michael Whitcraft is our guest. Tradition, family, and property uh, is uh, where he's from. And we're talking about the reign of Mary and Fatima in general. We have a few minutes before we go to break. So let's go back to the reign of Mary. Why, why would we not have the reign of Christ? Why the reign of Mary? Well, that's very interesting. And I think the best answer is given by St. Louis de Montfort, the great Marian apostle of the 17th century. And he was had a very prophetic mission. And his mission was to spread the devotion of total consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, consecration of a slavery of love to Mary. And he was the one who, in his prophetic vision, said that devotion of giving oneself entirely to the Blessed Mother is what will bring the, the future triumph of the church. And his message was very clear that in order for Christ to truly reign in society, the Blessed Mother has to reign because that was the way he chose to come to the earth the first time. And he said it was also the way in which he would choose to come the second time to, to figuratively reign on, on, on earth. Obviously, the kingdom of Christ is established in heaven. But the close approximation to that, the closest approximation to that that we can have on earth is a blessing he believed that God uh, reserved for his, his mother. And How he was the one who dubbed it the reign of Mary. How does one bring about the reign of Mary? How does this occur? It seems like, I mean, this is an idea in the mind. And uh, what brings this about? Well, obviously, no human force can bring something like that about. Um, God is the one who ultimately leads history. And he has many different ways of doing that. He raises up prophets and saints. Uh, He guides his church to triumph over the evil of, of each day. So I think when we talk about who's going to bring it about, there's no human force that can bring this about. This has to come as a result of grace. It has to come as a result of some tremendous conversion, which was also spoken about at Fatima. We have just about a minute or so from now. I I, I want to get into, but I want to wait until after the break. What does the reign of Mary look like and how we might even be able to recognize it? We're talking with Michael Whitcraft from Tradition Family of Property about the reign of Mary. You know, right now I'm going through the book Union with Mary with my family. And uh, the closer we get to the heart of Our Lady, the closer we get to the heart of her divine child, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, absolutely. When Our Lady spoke at Fatima and said, Uh, In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Obviously, there's a profound union between the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So much so that St. John Eudes used to refer to them as one heart. He would talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Mary. So the the two are inextricably linked. You you don't bring about the reign of the Immaculate Heart without the reign of the Sacred Heart. Amen. Praise be to God. Hold that thought. Michael Whitcraft is uh, our guest. We're talking about the reign of Mary. After the break, we're going to talk about what does that look like? How would we even recognize it? And what would it mean for us and for the world? All of that and more is coming up next right after this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Got the drive time. I'll be right back. Share us with a friend. There's a lot of depth and interesting details in the story of the woman at the well. Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink, while his disciples are off to buy food, and this request leads to a fascinating conversation. Jesus reveals to her that he has living water that will cause those who drink it to never thirst again. He also reveals that he knows the details of her personal relationships with several husbands, and even tells her, a non-Jew, that he is the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. 
We are told that the woman leaves her water jar at the well and goes off to tell the people in town about him. It's as if she completely abandons her important mission for water. She abandons bodily comforts for more important things. And this echoes the apostles who left behind their fishing nets to go follow Jesus. What are we willing to abandon and leave behind to follow the Lord this Lent? This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Mr. Michael Whitcraft is our guest, Tradition, Family, and Property, America Needs Fatima. Uh, and we're asking about the reign of Mary. And you know, Rudy, I was just thinking again, just marveling about how I believe this apparition that took place in 1917 will vastly impact so many non-Catholics. Yes, that's true. And, and Mr. Whitcraft, I, um, I'm wondering, you know, we have a tendency to see our time as the most important time ever because we're part of it, right? It's our experience. But um, I'm, I'm wondering, what is the correlation between Fatima and the reign of Mary? Is it something that, that we should reason should come, you know, after the consecration, like the one that just happened? Or were there other apparitions that talk about this reign of Mary? Yeah, there are many other apparitions. Uh, just a, a, a slight comment. It's important to remember that when Our Lady came and spoke about prevent uh, in Fatima and spoke about preventing uh, all of the tragedies that were coming, she gave two tasks to humanity. Mm-hmm. One task she gave to the Holy Father, united with the bishops, with the consecration of Russia. But in the same breath, she said, to prevent this, I come to ask the consecration of Russia and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. That's kind of a hidden part of the Fatima message. So Our Lady came and gave the clergy a task, but she also gave the laity a task. So before we expect things to be put on the right tracks, the lady have to step up to the plate Mm -hmm. as well. It's not something that's just reserved for the clergy and uh, and the Holy Father. Um, As far as other apparitions, there's many, 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 many other approved apparitions that speak about a coming triumph of Holy Church over the evils of our days. And, um, you know, I have some of them I can quote here, if you'd like, I think it might help kind of focus exactly what you were speaking on, how, what can we expect and and how will we know when the reign of Mary will come? We'll know the reign of Mary's here because it's gonna be something that is absolutely astounding. Mm -hmm. We'll have no question about it. Uh, To give you an example, blessed Elizabeth Canori Mora, an Italian mystic, she said this about it. The church will again be organized. Religious orders will be reestablished. The private families of ordinary Christians through their great fervor and zeal for the glory of God will become like the most exemplary religious communities. So families will achieve the holiness of religious communities. She continues, such is the glorious triumph reserved for the Catholic church. She shall be praised, honored, and esteemed by all men. All men shall become Catholics and shall acknowledge the Pope as the vicar of Jesus Christ. That's pretty astounding. I mean, it's kind of hard to miss it. 
if that's what what the reign of Mary is going to to be made up of. Especially given our current troubles in the church today. I mean, you have Germany with its synodal path that is literally teetering on schism and heresy, and uh, and all of the experimentation uh, that goes on in in masses all across the world that just are. You know, sad to see and breaking the hearts of so many Catholics, let alone the broken family in society. I mean, how many bishops do we know of today that stand up for publicly defending traditional marriage between a man and a woman and their children? Very, very few. Very, very few homilies are preached on that, and yet uh, families are broken and becoming worse every single day. So I guess this would be a very stark contrast. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because dealing with our days is very difficult for many, many different angles. But I think what touches the hearts of Catholics most is to see that the, the moral crisis of, the, of society has entered into the heart of the family and into the church as well. That's what's hardest for us to, to see. So when you see something like Blessed Elizabeth, who's talking about not just the reestablishing of holiness within the church, but also within the, the heart of the family. The family is the heart of society. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's something that's very encouraging for us to see and think about. Yes. Uh, yes. The one thing that I really find very fascinating is the fiery prayer by St. Louis de Mumford. Uh, the first time I ever prayed it, I was uh, filled with vigor because I was thinking, oh, these saints of the latter times, these saints that are leading to the reign of Mary – are going to be the greatest saints. And I'm thinking, oh, what, what about St. Vincent Ferrer? What about Padre Pio bilocating, uh, flying, uh, levitating, raising people from the dead? And St. Louis de Mumford says that the saints of the, of, the, of the people leading towards the reign of Mary are going to be greater than the saints before. Uh, could you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just he said they would be greater. He said... The saints of the past would be like blades of grass compared to the cedars of Lebanon, huge trees uh, in sanctity. And I think that makes perfect sense because um, it's very widely believed that in the creed, when we pray um, at the end, he shall come again. Speaking of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he shall come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. That's typically interpreted to mean that at the end of time, the saints will have achieved such a high level of sanctity and will have endured such a persecution at the hands of the Antichrist that they will be spared even having to die. They will go directly from this earth into heaven, um, being spared one of the greatest uh, effects we have of original sin. So if you consider that the reign of Mary, the saints of the reign of Mary are the ones that will lead up to these saints of the latter days, it makes sense that they would, would achieve holiness that has not been seen yet on earth, except for, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ and his Blessed Mother. And what does it mean to be an apostle of the reign of Mary? If you're trying to bring about or trying to move towards that, does that mean just encouraging piety? Or am I thinking of Christendom, like when all of society was sacral? Uh, what would be, it would it just be an internal thing, the families become holier, religious orders grow, or will it actually peripherate into society? Well, the reign of Mary will proliferate through all of society, and that's why you say, what does it mean to be an apostle of the reign of Mary? Uh, Inside the TFP, if you permit me to just say a word, um, we have two ends. One is to to fight against the moral crisis of our days, but also to work towards the establishment of the reign of Mary. And I think it's very important to understand that 
in addition to prayer, which is, is most important for being an apostle of the reign of Mary, in addition to sanctifying your families or our families, uh, we have to fight against what's going on in society. A lot of these errors get through because people don't stand up and say no. They don't stand up and say enough is enough. So I think we have to take a very active role in bringing that about. Get involved in traditional marriage campaigns. Get involved in protesting abortion. Stand up against these evils. I think that's very, very important in addition to the more important yeah. thing, which is prayer. You know, uh, you mentioned Blessed blessed Elizabeth Canori Mori. I love Blessed Elizabeth. Um, she is just, yeah, she's not well known. No, uh, not at all. But she has an amazing story. She was incredible. such uh, an incredible woman who put up with so much, you know, from her horrible husband, you know, yes. trying to raise uh, her daughters almost by herself with her husband. Just it was, anyway, her prophecies, though, the, the prophecies, the apparitions, the messages that came through her were startling. I mean, you talk uh, some of them was about the corruption within the cardinals that would that would uh, harm Holy Mother Church and the body of Christ. And and we're seeing that right now played out before us. So it's I think it's an important message. But I want to go back to something you said a, a while ago and that we as lay folk have our part to do from the message of Fatima. I mentioned this last week when we were talking about the consecration of Pope Francis and you know our Lady of Fatima didn't ask us, lay folk, to consecrate Russia. That's the Holy Father's job. She gave us very specific things that we are supposed to do, and I would argue we don't do them en masse. I mean, some do, of course. There are very faithful souls, absolutely. But the majority of Catholics, the 1.3 billion Catholics out there, probably a small sliver, are, are doing what Our Lady asked. What did she ask us to do? Well, it's very interesting. Her, her message is contained in three requests from the laity. The first was prayer. And amongst prayer, very specifically the rosary. How many times has Our Lady appeared without mentioning the rosary in modern times? I think probably never. Uh, so she wanted uh, us to pray, uh, especially the rosary. Uh, she wanted us to do penance. And she spoke about penance uh, to Sister Lucy in a later apparition kind of in the way of, of the little way of St. Teresa. It wasn't so much making extraordinary fasts and things like that. All that has its place and you can do that. But above all, it was to accept willingly the sacrifices, uh, the sufferings that come our way and to offer them in reparation for the sins of the world, which links very much to the first sat, uh, five first Saturday devotion, which she mentioned specifically. Um, the third thing she asked for was amendment of life, conversion. Uh, she said very specifically, let the people stop offending my divine son, for he is already so much offended. And like you said, I don't think we, uh, we as Catholics as a whole have taken that message seriously. Uh, I read a statistic recently, I believe it's like two or 3% of Catholics go to confession ever. So how many do you think are praying the rosary? And above all, how many do you think are making their first Saturday uh, devotion? Practically, practically none. Of course, as you said, there are some very outstanding uh, prayer groups and and people who do take it seriously. But it's I don't think it's enough of uh, enough of Catholics are doing those things. So with all the criticism, and I have been very critical of the hierarchy of the Church and Pope Francis himself on, at times, uh, and yet at the same time, if we're being honest, it's us that we have to really blame, and it's us that we have to really do something about. It's not so much what happens at the Vatican as much as and the, with the lay folk. Yeah, it's, it's obviously it's both, but what effect can we have on the, uh, the hierarchies role and, 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 you know, problems within the College of Cardinals, as you mentioned, 
Um, the best thing we can do is pray and sacrifice for them. Uh, we resist them with utmost charity and respect for their office. But above all, you know, we're not responsible for what they're doing. We're responsible for what we are supposed to do and what we're doing. So that's something I agree with you. We need to take that very, very seriously and, and get our act in order. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to start this week. In fact, tomorrow is First Saturday. So if you've never been to First Saturday, let me challenge you, get up early and get over to a parish near you that's hosting a First Saturday Mass. Uh, but uh, praise be to God, we're out of time, but we're grateful to Mr. Michael Whitcraft from Tradition, Family, and Property. America needs Fatima. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time bless today. You. Thank you so much for having me on. It was really, really a pleasure. Praise be to God. We're grateful to you. All right, let us pray to bring about the reign of Mary, which brings about the reign of her divine child. Let's go to First Saturday Masses and First Friday Masses, too, by the way. And uh, we'd be grateful for your prayers and support for what we're doing here, and we're praying for you as well. That's going to do it for the week. Join us next week. We'll have a new lineup of incredible guests and fun conversations. And uh, try not to be too crazy in April Fool's Day. You know what they say about that. Actually, we, we covered all that in this hour. All right, we'll see you in the next hour. For those that can join us, join us online at grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. a young and diverse generation helping those in need and promoting human rights we care for the environment we embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world our passion comes from God who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories if you sometimes wonder is there something more then come and see at catholicscomehome.com Eve Gambo is a real Guadalupe radio listener. To help her explain the impact that Catholic radio has had on her life, we had Rocky come in and help her tell her story. Before I was able to listen to Catholic radio, I would listen to other Christian radio stations just because there was no Catholic radio. Hey, you know, Mickey always tells me, you know, Catholic radio, you know, is kind of like having an angel on your shoulder. Those other stations were okay, but I always felt like something was missing. Catholic radio is a huge blessing because it shares the full truth. Well, it was like a wake-up call, kind of like getting punched with an uppercut, only with the truth. Please, if you have not made a pledge of support to keep Guadalupe Radio on the air, do it now. And if you have made a pledge, please fulfill that pledge. I want to make sure that I always have my Catholic radio station. Yeah, make sure you send in your pledge. You know, you can do so by going to grnonline.com or 888-784-3476. 
Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Friday, April the 1st, 2022. Congratulations. You have survived it. Well, I, not really, because I don't know if you know, but Biden signed an executive order extending the work week two more days. So you got to go to work tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> okay, not true. Not true. <laughs> April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Good morning to you. Rudy Carlos, has April Fool's Day been a thing for you? I mean, have you ever ever done April Fool's jokes on people? Oh, yeah. I love being a good April Fool's joke. Just ask my mom. She she loves them, too. Really? I'm winking. (laughs) Uh Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Yeah. I've never actually been a huge April Fool's. Really? Yeah. Generally speaking, playing jokes on people is not a good thing. See, I, I tend to take it too far and yeah. and, and, uh, and do some extreme jokes, yeah. and they're not funny to certain people. Really? Because they don't have a sense of humor like me. And, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> and then it's less obvious. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there you fools. go. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. I am it's very excited. Role. It is a great weekend. First Friday devotion. Oh, yeah. First Saturday devotion. We're going to get it in the bag going to be great. I'm very excited to uh, go out there and pray for the coming of the reign of Mary. It's going to be glorious when the reign of Mary comes. You know how you know when the reign of Mary comes? Because coffee is so delicious and comes in 120-ounce cups. See, you know, that's going to be an interesting that's an can interesting you smell, point that you can we smell the coffee did right not now. get to get into in our conversation in the last hour with Mr. Wickcraft. No, yeah. about what would it be like for the average person in the reign of Mary? Is it going to be a lot of people Glorious. think we're going to have to we're going to be able to relax. It's going to be like sitting on a cruise ship. Yes. Um, oh, but yeah. no, it's going what? to be a time of vigilance no. because the enemies of Holy Mother Church will be on the prowl to destroy the reign of Mary. And so we have oh, to yeah. keep vigilance to preserve the reign of Mary so that way people do not try to bring about the decadence that we have today. We also interviewed they last hour because you know what they say. They have a lot to say. They say a lot of things, and we talked about they, or we talked to they about what they say, and that was a lot of fun, too. Uh, Mike Romano, our friend from Mobile, Alabama, jumped in to play the role of they. You can listen to the podcast if you didn't catch it. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find the podcast there. You can also find it on uh, 
Apple's iTunes, and you can find it on Google Play, and you can find it on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for the Catholic Drive Time. Make sure to leave a five-star review while you're there. Even if you loathe us, just leave it as a five-star review. Think of April Fool's joke. And then, uh, you know, five stars and then lambast us, you know, really lay into us in the comments. That'd be fantastic. We would love that quite a bit. By the way, today is also my wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Michelle. Happy birthday. Uh, I won't tell the, tell everybody that you're 27, but uh, congratulations. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Who's one that said that they were said started celebrating their anniversary or their 24th birthday or something like that? Yes. I like this. The older you get, the more that becomes sensible. It's like, I'm only, I'm only 10. <laughs> yes. and That's right. The 10th anniversary of my 24th birthday. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. You're not quite there, though. You're, you're still enjoying your age at this point. I can't remember how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> it happens faster than you think. Hey, can I just thank Dave Palmer, Mary Hobleib, and E.S. Giselle and the kids for taking uh, today and Saturday to pray fast and do penance for our 2022 Lenten campaign intentions. God love you guys for doing that. We're so grateful for your sacrifices. Praying for ardent sinners, sinners, as Our Lady of Fatima told us, go to hell because no one prays for them. That's who we're praying for this Lent. And Dave Palmer and Mary Hobleib are both doing that today. And then Erica Giselle and the kids are going to do that tomorrow. If you want more information, dear listener, about what we're doing, why we're doing it, go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And then just click on the link for the 2022 Lenten campaign, and you'll get everything you need to know. But we are praying the Golden Arrow Prayer, which is a part of our Lenten campaign as well. We're going to do that right now. But don't forget, coming up at 15 past, today is the day we give out prizes for fear and trembling, which means you could win your last three chances to get in on the drawing is today. So be ready for that uh, to dial that phone number and be our first caller when the time comes. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, glorified in heaven, on earth, under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the most sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar, Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and allow me to spin you a yarn about a woman who overcame her addiction and is on a mission to help others. God's arms are long enough to reach them. This is from the Epic Times. A 79-year-old woman who's had a history of addiction shares how realizing God's love for her changed the course of her life and has driven her to serve others. Now on oxygen, she is spending her days crocheting various items for homeless and for women in prison. Sitting in a recliner and crocheting, a beautiful scarf now drapes across Lucina Heavely's lap. The elderly woman who has been suffering for years from COPD, a chronic inflammatory lung disease that causes obstructed airflow from the lungs, says the illness came from years of smoking when she was young. Prior to her breathing getting worse, Heavely used to visit local farms to talk to people and encourage them. She also had visited those in women's prisons to personally share her story. She would provide them with support, telling them that they weren't alone and they were all loved by God. These women, along with many others that Heavely has felt called to serve, often have struggled with trauma, shame, and feelings of unworthiness. Many have gotten into trouble and now struggle to feel that they are valued in any capacity. Heavely feels her calling is to tell them otherwise. Jesus loves them. Because he loves them, I love them, she says. 
For Heavely, this calling is personal. As a survivor of childhood trauma, she found herself entering into a lot of unhealthy relationships in her adult life, seeking to be approved of and desperate to feel close to anyone. She began drinking alcohol at the age of 16. Relating to the women she met when visiting the prison, she said she knew what it was like to feel dejected and to be an outcast, heading down a path that was very destructive. Being a witness of his salvation, Heavely said that she needs to share God's love with others and to tell them that there is no brokenness beyond his repair. She spent many years going to those who have no visitors and to people who feel they've been forgotten to tell them they aren't alone and God is with them no matter where they are in life. She says, I tell them God's arms are long enough to reach them, no matter how far they think they've fallen. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Mussolini. No, I'm just kidding. April Fool's. The saint of the day is Blessed Ancaletto Gonzalez Flores, born in 1888, the second of 12 children born to the poor family of Valentin Gonzalez Sanchez and Maria Flores Navarro. Ancaletto Gonzalez Flores was baptized the day after his birth. Good parents. A priest who was a friend of the family recognized Gonzalez's intelligence and recommended him for the minor seminary. There, Gonzalez excelled, earning the nickname Maestro. After deciding that he did not have a calling to the Holy Orders, Gonzalez began to study law at Escuela Libra de Derecho in Guadalajara and became an attorney in 1922. He married Maria Concepcion Guerrero and they had two children. Gonzalez became an activist, led the Catholic Association of Mexican Youth, and founded the magazine La Palabra, which attacked the anti-clerical and anti-Catholic articles of the Constitution of 1917. He was the founder and president of the Popular Union, which organized Catholics to resist the persecution of the church. In 1926, he learned of the murder of four members of the Catholic Association of Mexican Youth, he joined the National League for the Defense of Religious Freedom and supported the coming rebellion. He wrote, quote, The country is a jail for the Catholic Church. We are not worried about defending our material interests because these come and go. But our spiritual interest, these we will defend because they are necessary to obtain our salvation. In, in January 1927, after they had endured religious persecution and state atheism, Mexican Catholics took up arms and set off the Cristero War. Gonzalez did not take up arms, but gave speeches that encouraged Catholics to support the Cristeros with money, food, accommodations, and clothing. He wrote pamphlets and gave speeches that supported his opposition to the anti-clerical government. Seeking to crush the rebellion, the government sought to capture the leaders of the Popular Union and the National League for the Defense of Religious Freedom. Gonzalez was captured and framed with the charges that he murdered an American, Edgar Wilkins. But the government knew that Wilkins had been killed by a robber, Guadalupe Zuno. Gonzalez was tortured, including being hung by his thumbs, pulling them out of their sockets, having his shoulders fractured with a rifle butt, and having the bottom of his feet slashed. On April 1st, 1927, he was executed by firing squad, echoing the words of the assassinated Ecuadorian President Gabriel Garcia Moreno, who defied the forces seeking to suppress his faith. Gonzalez's last words were, Hear Americas! For the second time, I die, but God does not. 
Viva Cristo Rey! Wilkins' widow, who knew that Gonzalez had been framed, wrote a letter of protest to Washington, D.C., which exonerated him. A letter staying his execution arrived shortly after he had been shot. Blessed Ancheleto Gonzalez Flores, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 7, verses 1 through 2, 10, and 25 through 30. Jesus moved about within Galilee. He did not wish to travel to Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. But the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he himself also went up, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Some of the inhabitants of Jerusalem said, Is he not the one they are trying to kill? And look, he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Could the authorities have realized that he is the Christ? But we know where he is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. So Jesus cried out in the temple area as he was teaching and said, You know me and also know where I am from. Yet I did not come on my own, but the one who sent me, whom you do not know, is true. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand upon him, because his hour had not yet come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. His hour had not yet come. They could not do what he would not allow. I love that. Praise be to God. Um, there is a, a, an interesting thing here. They looked, as Hadock's commentary says, they looked upon him as no more than a man. And they thought they knew his father to be St. Joseph. They knew his mother and kindred. But when the Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Hadock's commentary goes on to say in the voice of our Lord, You know me as a man and where I have been educated, but him that sent me from whom I proceed and who sent me into this world to be its redeemer, you know not, because you know not that that he was always and from all eternity my eternal father and I his eternal son. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, not a lot of time to jump into it too much, but I'll try to paraphrase what he said here at the end. And Cornus Alapide was saying here that it is surprising that these people are saying, we know his parents, Joseph and Mary. What's up with that? We know he's from Bethlehem. We know he's from the seed of David. And our Cornus Alapide here is saying, well, what were you expecting? Did you expect he was just going to be some random guy that appeared out of nowhere, had no lineage, no ancestry? He says, no, they are having a wrong interpretation of Isaiah, Hebrews, Micah, Psalms, and so forth, and they did not truly understand. But for some of them, they did understand, and yet they rejected Christ anyway. They understood that he was truly the Messiah, but chose to reject him. Another thing that Cornelius Lapide said here at the end of verses, at the verses here, he says, but I know him, for I am from him. He that sent me, was, he was born by divine and eternal generation, and as much as I am his own proper and natural son into the world by my incarnation, showing forth that who is Christ? Yes, he's a son of Mary. Yes, he's a son of Joseph. Yes, he is, in fact, born in Bethlehem, but he is also divinely sent. 
He is the son of God who is God himself. And this is what permeates throughout the rest of his life and well, his, his ability to save our souls. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. All right. Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for your generous gift of giving us the ability to dive deep into the gospel through great commentaries all linked up, and it's an incredible tool, verboom with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, verboom.com forward slash GRN. Time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. Today's the last day to get in on the drawing and the prize pack, which we're going to give out here in just a few moments. That phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Right after this very short break, we play the game. It's going to be fun. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please... You know what they say. You're not allowed to tell anybody about my secrets or my agenda. So keep this between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. 
And then, of course, we, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. We, we enjoy cracking up a bit. And our callers are amazing. They're great sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that probably the most. But we do give out prizes here, which means it's a winner for everyone involved. And if you're new, well, let me help you out. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but we do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't even know, a, they don't have to know a single correct answer, and they could still win the game. And that is because instead of asking them, I'll ask Rudy, I'll ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the authentic and original coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. What could they win, Rudy? No counterfeits here, Joe. The original coffee cup of Divine Providence. That's right. Praise be to God, our sponsor this week is Blessed Catholic. Amber is generously sponsoring our game show with an Our Lady of Lords vintage, unique blue enamel medal. At Blessed Catholic, you'll find an impressive collection of antique and vintage Catholic medals, rosaries, and holy cards from around the world. Please check out her store and consider being a patron. Her store is Blessed Catholic. That's one word. Blessed Catholic on Etsy.com. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you again, Blessed Catholic on Etsy. We're so grateful for your sponsorship of our game show. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Forrest, good morning to you, sir. What's going on, brother? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I don't know. I kind of sometimes wish I wasn't here. (laughs) Well... Trustful to, uh, surrender to divine providence is uh, is the secret to Amen. to all issues on planet Earth and the secret to happiness. So true. At least that's what the cover Amen. of the book said. Amen. Secret to happiness. Trustful and surrender. <laughs> Lot is the uh, the poster boy of that. Yes. Praise be to God. Well, Forrest, my friend from the great metropolis of Hondo, Texas, it is good to hear your voice, and we're glad to have you back on the program. And we're praying for you and your family. Uh, are you looking forward to Easter Sunday? I know I'm looking forward to Good Friday. Yeah, well, there you go. Embracing the cross, praise be to God. I guess I'm looking forward to the resurrection and about 60 <laughs> ounces of coffee. You're uh, going to be resurrected right. by coffee. You, you know how this game is <laughs> you know, played for us. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I gave up alcohol and coffee for the same Lent. And uh, I feel your pain, brother. (laughs) This too shall pass, they say. This too shall pass. All right, we're going to jump in. I know you know how the game is played. We will start with uh, Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony on the show. If you're watching on an online feed, you can see the papal grandeur that is so missing in our days. Of Team Rudy. Hashtag (laughs) Team Rudy. Hashtag Team Rudy. Uh, Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. How are you, my friend? I'm so good. This is exciting. Are, so... are you ready to play? Yeah. Yes. Are, are you sure? I mean, I suppose, you know. Are you, are you part sure? Of my, part of my job, so I have to, I guess, right? I mean, are you, are you sure? April Fools. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Are you sure? All right. I, let's just get to it. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me what two days of the week are the joyful mysteries prayed in the Holy Rosary? Traditionally, ah, uh, so you're trying to be sneaky with me here, Joe. You're saying what <laughs> no, two days? No, no. What I, two days? It actually no sneakiness on my part. Actually, it's it's just one day, and it's Fridays because really? of the joy you're going into I the weekend. See. Oh, it's I Friday. See. I'm gonna relax, have a good uh-huh. time. 
uh-huh. go to first first Saturday mass. Okay, okay. Huh. Let's just Pure see joy. what uh let's see what Adrian has to say here. Hey Adrian. Hey Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. All right. Uh, what two days of the week are the joyful mysteries of the rosary traditionally said? Huh. That's a great question. Adrian's hey. right. <laughs> no one should have I, to admit I that was going to say Mondays and Thursdays, but apparently uh-huh. I don't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, you could have said anything you wanted. Monday and Thursday would wow. be my answer. Mondays and Thursdays is your answer. Correct. Mm. Correct. I didn't hear a single. I thought Thursday was a glorious. Oh, yep. we're talking about this is where it gets tricky for us. Is it, as Adrian says, is it uh, Mondays and Thursdays, or is it as Rudy says, and it's Friday? You've already said, it's Adrian. Not Friday. You've already said, Adrian. So you're on the hook, one way or the other. Survey says. No. <laughs> the, the tricky part of this question was in the word traditionally said. Traditionally. So prior to yeah. the uh, the uh, the advent luminous of the luminous mysteries, mysteries uh, joyful mysteries would have been would have been said on Mondays and Thursdays. And if you're a hardcore Dominican, I'm sure that's probably what you're still doing. Uh, but because Friday is yeah. sorrowful, yes. so joyful, sorrowful, then glorious. Yes, yes. sorrowful Thank because you. you're yes, waiting sir. for the weekend. Uh, Abigail wants to say hello before she goes to school. Hello, Abigail. Good to see you. Or listen to your voice. Praise be to God. Have a great day at school, Abigail. Your dad is in the cup. He may win. He may win. We don't know. It's God's holy will. But we're going to see if we can't double his impact here with a second question. We're going to go to Adrian with this one. Adrian, which comes first in the Holy Mass? The chicken or the egg? Oh. In the Holy Mass, not in the farm. (laughs) In the Holy Mass, does the epistle come first? Or does the gradual come first? What say you? Oh, wow. The epistle or the gradual? Well, the gradual leads to the epistle, no? Uh, You tell me. I'm going to go with gradual. (laughs) That's your answer. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Okay. Let's see what Rudy says. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me which comes first in the Holy Mass? Is it the epistle or the gradual? Hmm. Okay. So you look to your left. Uh Uh-huh. And you look to your right. Yeah. And you see everybody's kind of still sitting. Yeah, and you're like, like what? What? Why are they still sitting? What is? It's because you don't you don't have to stand up for the epistle. I see. Which comes before? Okay. So your answer is the epistle. That's right. Huh. Well, which comes first in the Holy Mass? Is it the epistle or the gradual? Rudy says it's the epistle. Adrian says it's the gradual. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? As much as it hurts, I'm going to say Rudy. <laughs> Does it hurt? Ouch. That team That's Rudy, so true. Team Rudy so true. just took a hit. You know, wow. It, it, it hurts to, to not say Adrian. I get it. Praise be to God. Well, everything's opposite today, right? Because it's April Fool's. April so. Fool's Day. There I'm not go. taking it personally. You're in for two, Forrest. You could win in a big way, I think. I, I got to say, you, you're going to know this last one. I'm going to say this is easily the easiest question of the day. Pretty sure. We're going to go with uh, Rudy first on this one. Rudy? Are you ready? Can you tell me? <laughs> is Thanksgiving one of the four ends of the Holy Mass? <laughs> Thanksgiving, Joe. Come on. Come on, brother. I, I like Thanksgiving. Listen. Turkey? The only, mashed the taters, only time. Sweet potatoes? Look, I'm going to say no. Cranberry? Not typically, right? Because Stuffing? it's only one of the four ends Biscuits. on the last Thursday of November. 
So that's you, it. So no, no. So you're saying no. Basically no. You're, Just, it's one time. You hate all Thanksgivings. Yep. Uh huh. Okay. Thanksgiving. Uh, let's just go with Adrian on this. Adrian, can you tell me, is Thanksgiving one of the four ends of the Holy Mass? Is Thanksgiving one of the four ends of the Holy Mass? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not in the Team Rudy camp, I suppose. No, I, I'm thinking, you know, mm-hmm. we should give thanks to our Lord every time we go to Mass. Yeah, who knew? All right. Is it yes, uh, Thanksgiving is one of the ends of Holy Mass, or is it no, Thanksgiving is not? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Adrian or Rudy Forrest, what say you? I'm confused. End, E-N-D? Yes. One of the one of the end, let's just say one of the end goals, one of the ends, okay. one of the things let's, we're let's... supposed to have let's, our part in that process. Let's say it's the source of some of our faith. So I'm going to say Eucharist is definitely one of the ends. Okay. So you're saying giving thanks to God is one of the ends. You're saying yes. You're saying Adrian then. Yes. You, you, yes. Oh. All right, I'm shuffling. You and, admit that and the music is here. Forest. So I have to start. Yeah. All right. All right, I have. You, you're in for three. I have one right you're here. You're in for three. But in fact, Thanksgiving, giving thanks to God is one of the ends. You have a name? I have a name. You've pulled the name out of the cup. You it could is, win. I don't know, Forrest. Let's see. It is our Marian apparition friend, Anne-Marie. Oh, Anne-Marie. That is so awesome. Praise be to God. I'm sorry, Forrest. It wasn't God's holy will that you should win today. But we did have fun. Yeah, but she's awesome. Thanks for a laugh today. Thanks for hanging out. And we're going to be praying for your family for us. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. We always love that. If you can, hang out with us on the after show. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Friday of the fourth week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Forty days and forty nights Thou wast fasting in the wild Forty days and forty nights Tempted and yet undefiled Shall not we thy sorrow share And from worldly joys abstain 
fasting with unceasing prayer, strong with thee to suffer pain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have prepared fitting helps for us in our weakness, grant we pray that we may receive their healing effects with joy and reflect them in a holy way of life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The wicked said among themselves, thinking not aright, Let us beset the just one because he is obnoxious to us. He sets himself against our doings, reproaches us for transgressions of the law, and charges us with violations of our training. He professes to have knowledge of God and styles himself a child of the Lord. To us he is the censure of our thoughts. Merely to see him is a hardship for us, because his life is not like that of others, and different are his ways. He judges us debased. He holds aloof from our paths as from things impure. He calls blessed the destiny of the just and boasts that God is his father. Let us see whether his words be true. Let us find out what will happen to him. For if the just one be the son of God, he will defend him and deliver him from the hands of his foes. With revilement and torture, let us put him to the test that we may pr have proof of his gentleness and try his patience. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words, God will take care of him. These were their thoughts, but they erred, for their wickedness blinded them, and they knew not the hidden counsels of God. Neither did they count on a recompense of holiness, nor discern the innocent soul's reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescues them. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and those whose spirit, who are crushed in spirit he saves. Many are the troubles of the just man, but out of them all the Lord delivers him. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. 
He watches over all his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. The Lord redeems the lives of his servants. No one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus moved about within Galilee. He did not wish to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. But the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he himself also went up, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Some of the inhabitants of Jerusalem said, Is he not the one they are trying to kill? And look, he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Could the authorities have realized that he is the Christ? But we know where he is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. So Jesus cried out in the temple area as he was teaching and said, You know me, and also you know where I am from. Yet I did not come on my own. But the one who sent me, whom you do not know, is true. I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. So they tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand upon him, because his hour had not yet come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Two weeks from now, we will be celebrating Good Friday. And indeed, it is good that the Father sent his only begotten Son, the eternal Word, to assume our human nature, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, to take our human nature to the cross, to suffer, to die, to be buried, but to rise to a new life, to make possible the restoration of communion with the Most Holy Trinity for which we are created. Jesus Christ knows who he is, and we need to know who we are in order to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Christ right into Holy Week, right into Holy Week. That's where we're going. We're going to go to the Easter Triduum, the high point of the liturgical year, Holy Thursday, where Jesus institutes the gift of the Most Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood. He goes out from there to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
sweating blood for the sins of all mankind. Resolved to do the will of the Father who sent him, even though he is God, he teaches us the great lesson of obedience. And then Jesus goes forth through all the sorrowful mysteries, the scourging, the crowning with thorns, the carrying of the cross, the nailing to the cross with Mary at the foot of the cross. He says his great homily of the seven last words, and then it is consummated. And Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And then he's buried, but he rises, as we said, and will eventually ascend, opening heaven for us. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means, first of all, let's intensify our preparation for the Paschal mystery, the going to the cross to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow Christ. Let's continue with our prayer, fasting, almsgiving. No matter what's happened in the holy season of Lent so far, intensify it. Enter the word of God more deeply. Pray more fervently that you will have the grace to become a true disciple of Jesus and a child of God. In the first reading, we heard from the Book of Wisdom of how a true child of God, a child of the light, is going to be treated. A child of God, a child of the light, is going to be tested. Sometimes the very sight of us, though by those who live in darkness, is going to be something that is a hardship for them just to see us. But we need to live faithful to the way Jesus Christ reveals. He's the way, the truth, the life. And this is out of love. We, we don't want to judge anyone as wicked, but we can say their acts are wicked. And when we're rejected, don't take it personal. In fact, take it as a compliment that you're living your discipleship. Stay in the light. And especially when that means you're going to be tested and even crucified because it's it said right here in scripture what they're going to do to jesus and to us because we're baptized into jesus it says with revilement and torture let us put him to the test that we may have proof of his gentleness and try his patience are you ready to be put to the test do you know who you belong to Will you remain gentle and patient, even if you're condemned to a shameful death? Let's remember, God will take care of us. And so, let's remember these hidden counsels of God and count on a recompense of holiness and discern the innocent soul's reward. Let's learn from the Blessed Virgin Mary how to stay faithful to the calling we have to union with God and the only way is to live the mysteries of the rosary. The joys and the lights lead to the sorrowful mysteries, but they lead to glory as well. Today is the first Friday, and we remember that we're supposed to receive communion in a state of grace. We can only receive our Lord. If we're conscious of mortal sin, we must go to confession first, but we receive our communion in reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We want to do this for nine first Fridays at a minimum as well as go to confession either eight days before or eight days after in reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and desire to receive the 12 promises Jesus gave St. Margaret Mary.
and you should look those up. Let us go forward into this holy sacrifice of the Mass, seeking the graces we need to be faithful children of God, disciples of Jesus, and live in the light and power of the Holy Spirit. We now stand to place our prayers and petitions before the throne of the Most Holy Trinity with faith and confidence as we place in the hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary to present to God on our behalf. For the Holy Father, the, the bishops of the Church, and the priests of the Church, the deacons of the Church, to be anointed in the Holy Spirit to help shepherd the flock of God to the cross by the power of the Most Holy Eucharist so that we can show ourselves true disciples of Jesus through Mary. We ask, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For civic and government leaders that they fulfill their responsibilities by enacting laws that respect life as sacred from conception to natural death. For the victory of the culture of life over the culture of death, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For holy marriages and holy families, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering and the relief and the release of the holy souls in purgatory, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For fully ethical medical practices, including fully ethical development of vaccines, for uh, the end to all the ways that mankind rebels against God, for the restoration of the order of God in this world, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and our call to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Anoint us in the Holy Spirit to be faithful disciples to the end. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We turn to you, O God of every nation, giver of life and origin of good. Your love is at the heart of all creation. Your hurt is people's broken brotherhood. Your hurt is people's broken brotherhood. We turn to you that we may be forgiven for crucifying Christ on earth again. We know that we have never wholly striven, forgetting self to love the other man, forgetting love the other man, forgetting self to our ways of thought inspire with simple grace. Break down among us barriers of defiance. Speak to the soul of all the human race. Speak to the soul of all the human race. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May the sacrifice, Almighty God, cleanse us by its mighty power and lead us to approach its source with ever greater purity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit, up your hearts. we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you will that our self-denial should give you thanks, humble our sinful pride, contribute to the feeding of the poor, and so help us imitate you in your kindness. And so we glorify you with countless angels, as with one voice of praise we acclaim, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mysterium Fidei, Mortem Tuam, Annunciamus Domine, Et Tuam Resurrectionem Confitemur, Donec Benias. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, the Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, 
and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Adoro te devote latens deitas, que subis figuris vere latitas, tibi secor meum totum subjicit, we are contemplans totum deficit. Visus tactus gustus in te falitur. Sed auditus solo tuto creditur. 
Credo quid quid dei filius, nil hoc verbo veritatis verius. In cruce la tebat sola deitas, Adic latet simul et humanitas. Ambo tamen credens adque confitens. Peto quod petivit latropenitens. Plagasicutomas non intueor. Deum tamen meum te confiteor. Fac me tibi semper magis credere, in te spem habere te deligere. O memoriale mortis domini, Panis vivus vitam prestans homini. Presta mehementi de te vivere, et te ili semper dulce sapere. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that as we pass from old to new, so with former ways left behind, we may be renewed in holiness of mind through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O cross of Christ, immortal tree, on which our Savior died, the world is sheltered by your arms that bore the crucified. From bitter death and barren wood, the tree of life is made. Its branches bear unfailing fruit and leaves that never fade. O faithful cross, you stand unmoved while ages run their course. Foundation of the universe, creation's binding force. Give glory to the risen Christ, and to his cross give praise. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God,
cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.